and good coffee, everybody. It's Morning Coffee with Larry, and today I am coming live from the back deck. It's another beautiful morning, but you can't tell it's morning yet. It is, well, first of all, it's about 10 after 5 on Wednesday, the uh, 4th of September, 2019, and it is dark. It is dark. The only lights that I can see are the neighbor's pole lights and their reflection off of the pond. I can see the lights of Effingham up in the sky, which is, oh, about 14 miles as the crow flies. And if I look in the opposite direction, I don't know if that's Mattoon, or it might actually be the first bit of sunshine that's maybe creeping around the horizon. But it is a nice, calm morning. I was going to say quiet, but it's not. If you listen, you can probably hear the insects. And we have a hoot owl over in the woods where our goats are. And uh, there it just went again. Hoo, 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 like that. Oh, and another bird is starting in. You know, there's something about the peacefulness of a morning when you can go outside and sit. And uh, unfortunately, most mornings, there's a heavy dew. And uh, But I stepped outside and there was no dew. And I thought, what a great time to uh, sit down and just enjoy. I mean, the stars are all out. We don't have any clouds here today. And I'm just looking up and I can see Orion and I'm trying to see if I can spot the Big Dipper, but I'm not sure. If I can't see it. I've got some deck lights that are solar-powered ones, and they're kind of interfering with seeing the stars in that direction. But anyway, you know, that might be a thing for you to do sometime is, is get up early and just sit out on the deck or out on your porch or if you have a balcony, and just quietly observe and enjoy the, the sounds. If you live in the country, you know, you, you can enjoy it. But, you know, even if you live in town, uh, there's certain sounds that are unique there. Sometimes it's not nature sounds, but maybe it's the sound of, of other people waking up, stirring, heading out to work. But it's just quiet. It's, it's quiet in that almost everything is still asleep. Except these insects. They never sleep. <laughs> well, hey, I wanted to uh, uh, share with you a little bit about anxiety again. And again, if you, um, if you struggle with anxiety, I invite you to listen to my other podcast. It's a lot shorter than this one. It runs about five or six minutes, and it's just twice a week, and it's called the I Hate Anxiety Podcast. And uh, it has just primarily a lot of information um, and examples, things that you can you know, use to either understand or put into practice to help you with anxiety. I think, 
I think I'm somewhere in the 50s on that podcast. Of course, this one, we're in the 140s now. But anyway, you're invited to to listen to it. Just wherever you listen to this podcast, uh, you can pick up that one. It's, um, you know, it's, it's just under the name I Hate Anxiety Podcast. But today, in talking about anxiety, let me, since I'm on the phone, I have to manipulate around and hope I don't turn off the recorder. <laughs> but this was, I've seen this a couple of different times from people uh, posting, and it's, uh, it's called Signs of High-Functioning Anxiety. Now, not everybody with anxiety is paralyzed with it. Some people appear to be more driven with it. You know, it's, um, you know, I guess you could say it's a little bit like a cattle drive. Um, You know, whenever you have, you know, the Old West cowboys, they weren't trying to make the cattle run. They didn't want to run into a stampede, but they they kept it moving because they, they were traveling a distance. Well, sometimes anxiety does that. And it's not necessarily per se good, but... Other people a lot of times recognize it as good, but they don't realize that, hey, the motivator is actually anxiety. So, you know, let's let's take a look at what people see and maybe how they interpret high-functioning anxiety versus how you're what you're experiencing, okay? And my throat's bothering me a little bit, so you're going to hear me sipping the coffee a little bit more than usual. The first is, they may say, hey, that person is detail-oriented. Look at them. They are really focused on the details. Um, they're, they're not you know, glossing over them. They, if there's a mistake, uh, they're catching it, and they don't make many mistakes. Well, for people who have anxiety... It may be because they're overthinking everything. They're worried about making a mistake. They're worried about it not being perfect. They're worried that somebody is going to um, disagree with them. And so they overthink it. And the way that overthinking appears to others is, hey, they're detail-oriented. Another one is, Hey, look at them. They are really outgoing. They seem to really be, you know, doing their best to to reach out to others. They they don't, you know, hold back. They're just they're just really an outgoing person. And that may actually be where the person with high functioning anxiety is doing people pleasing. They don't want criticism. They borrow their confidence from other people. If other people like them, then they feel better about themselves. Uh, even if it isn't necessarily the best decision, uh, they, they are, they, they're, they're being driven by the need to please others to avoid criticism. Uh, so that may be what the person's experiencing internally, but everybody outside says, hey, they're just an outgoing person. Or, hey, that person's really active. Look at them. They never slow down. My gosh, they don't seem to take a break. They don't seem to, to you know, to ever quit working. Uh, 
Uh, I wish all my employees could be like them. They're very, very active. Well, for people with high-functioning anxiety, it may be an inability to slow down. It may be something that's long-standing, but they just they keep themselves going. Um, and that may be because there's trauma memories that if they keep active, if they keep busy, their mind doesn't go to the trauma. It's kind of like if I keep myself distracted with all the things around me with work, then I don't have that free moment where the intrusive thoughts of something bad or the dread of something bad comes in. So that inability to slow down of high-functioning anxiety looks like they're just active. Or, hey, that person, they are super helpful. Oh, if you need help with something, just ask them. They are always willing to pitch in. They're always willing to do something. But in reality, the person may be having trouble saying no. They don't want to disappoint. They want to feel good helping others. It's not necessarily because they're wanting to. They are being, they, they inside are, you know, they're driven to. So they don't, they don't say no when they can't. And so they give up more and more of themselves in order to be able to, to try to do for others. Or another one is, hey, look at that person. They are hardworking. They are always, you know, putting in their best. They give 110%. They give 150%. They are the most hardworking person I've seen. Where in reality, it could be an intense fear of failure. They don't want to fail. Maybe they were criticized for failure in the past. Maybe they... Uh, uh, that's what they grew up with. And so they're trying to meet the expectations of that person from their past. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a grandparent. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was, you know, their first boss, whoever it was. But they're afraid of failure. They, they can't let themselves fail. There is a level of perfectionism stirring in them. So the rest of the world sees it as they're a hardworking person. Or, boy, this person really performs under pressure. When there is a crunch time, boy, they kick it into high gear. They don't give up. They will burn the midnight oil until they get the job done. And what that turns into, or what that actually stems from, is procrastination or overplanning. Sometimes they're just not getting the stuff done until the last minute. They put off, they put off, they put off. Why? Maybe fear of making mistakes. It may be they're too distracted with the anxiety on other things. Or they've overplanned. They have to think through and think through and think through and think through and think through. Because everything has to be perfect and then all of a sudden they're under a tight deadline and boom, they, they put themselves completely into it. So it's not necessarily that they're performing great under pressure, but the high-functioning anxiety makes it to where that's the only opportunity. 
And the last one on the list is loyalty. Boy, look at how loyal they are. I, you know, they, they are just, this is, you know, either as a friend or, or as an employee, they are just the most loyal person I've ever seen. This is their whole life. Their whole life is the job. Where in reality, it, it may be a person that with their high anxi- higher functioning anxiety is they have poor boundaries. They can't draw a line between work and home. They can't draw a line between hobbies and family. They can't draw an effective line in the different areas of their life. So one part bleeds into the other and whatever has the higher priority gets the attention and the one that has a lower priority may be the one that's getting neglected. So high functioning anxiety. Other people may see that as a great trait that they want to have, but it may be coming with a whole lot of of baggage that the person is struggling with. You know, as I'm going through this list, and you may be doing the same thing, you may see some of these traits in yourself. You know, I can look there and I can I can definitely see some of those traits. And I see some of those traits in in my clients, especially people, you know, I'm thinking right now of a person who is an entrepreneur and is very successful, um, but kind of struggles when it comes to the employees because this person has you know a lot of these kind of traits whether it's from high functioning anxiety or or something else i mean again when you're looking at different diagnoses you can have a lot of overlap between different ones but it's it it's kind of that pushed out of bounds and the problem is the people that this person hires doesn't want to work. They don't want to work that way. They're not driven in that same way, whether it's being driven by high functioning anxiety or being driven by something else, but they, they're not. And so then it's like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you like me? It's just kind of an interesting thing. So if you see some of these traits, do a little bit of pondering on it. Think, you know, what is it? Is am I just finding myself uh, being? Am I pursuing something because that's who I am, and it's positive only, or is there something that I'm being driven by that's like anxiety? And what can I do to maybe change that to make myself better? So I'm, if I'm doing it, it's not because I'm being driven. All right, folks. Well, that is it for today, and I hope this has been a helpful little podcast, and I am going to probably finish my coffee out here, and then I have to get moving on my day. So, you have a great one. Take care. Catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Before you go, I just wanted to give a quick plug for another podcast that I record called the I Hate Anxiety Podcast. If you struggle with anxiety and would like some uh, information as well as practical suggestions and tips for dealing with anxiety, why don't you tune in for a listen? 
You can download it the same place where you download this podcast, the I Hate Anxiety Podcast. Have a great day.